0: on Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up! Live on your radio. <laughs> and you can check us out on your socials. <laughs> your favorite person, Serena. Serena! We're ready for you to go ahead and take it this
1: is the Bellissimo Files. Is the Bellissimo Files on spin. And now your host, yeah. Serena Bellissimo. Good
2: morning. Hope you're having a great start to the weekend, even if it is really manky out there. Got a great show on the way for you today. I'm going to be catching up with two of the stars from Netflix's dark thriller, I Came By. George McKay and Pur- uh, Purcell Ascot are going to be telling us all about the film and the really strange way they'd prepare for their scenes. You're not going to want to miss that. Sam Ryder, he represented the UK at um, Eurovision. He has a new song out. I'm going to be catching up with him and he's going to be sharing his favourite things and... So many of us are so excited because Ultimate, Ultimate Hell Week is back next week. We get to enjoy the show from the comfort of our couches. I'll be catching up with one of our favourite instructors from that show, Ray Goggins. And up next, I'm going to introduce you to our one-to-watch, Sage. Ah
0: baby. The Bellissimo Files. One-to-watch.
2: This week's One to Watch describes herself as an indie synth pophead. She's a singer songwriter from Wexford and has just released Sparks, her debut single from her upcoming 2023 EP, It's Sage. Sage, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Congratulations on Sparks. I'm absolutely loving it.
0: Oh, thank you so much. It's been so nice to hear so many positive words about it. I'm delighted. How did listening to Olivia Rodrigo's sour album inspire this song? I know that stylistically they're very different, um, but I I think she's great. She's a great lyricist. And I was listening to that album going on a walk one day and I was like, wow, like this is a teenager heartbreak. There's so many raw emotions here no i'm not, i'm clearly not a teenager anymore but it dragged me back so far to remembering my first teenage heartbreak and like it just feels like your world is ending and i was like god I, I would love to just be able to just channel those emotions and and write a song about it and that was what inspired this track um i actually had i've been writing since i was young and i'd actually written a track about that at the time and um i'd like to think i've gotten a bit better um since then with my skills um, um, but I took, I actually took a couple of uh, particularly teenage emotionally driven moments from that song and I channeled it into something a little a little bit more grown up this time. Um, so Sparks just kind of dictates, um, it dictates a conversation I had with the guy I was breaking up at the time, the very final moment. Um, and yeah, uh, Olivia was definitely my inspiration for that.
2: How does it feel when you're writing something like that? Because are you trans right back to your teen self and those emotions just feel like, that were yesterday?
0: Um, a little bit, yeah. Um, it was... It was weird, it it didn't feel as, needless to say it didn't feel raw anymore Um, I remember when I first wrote a song about it and I still have the notepad I did dig it out when I was writing this and god I felt so sorry for her (laughs) (laughs) It it was it was like borderline pathetic like she was not in a good place, I love her but um, yeah there was was one particular moment uh, during that breakup where I wrote the song about crying on the bathroom floor and um, for anyone who's listened to Sparks there is actually a whole section um, if cold battle floors is the best I could do closest I'll get to feel cold as you um, so that was just a little nod to you know pa- past age younger age I suppose um, it's always it's always a bit weird looking back on you know more vulnerable emotional moments um, but I guess that's one of the, the highs and lows of being a songwriter I suppose <laughs>
2: yeah um, tell me uh, talking about writing you're writing your debut EP how are you feeling about that
0: Excited. Nervous. Excited. Um, so, Sparks is now out in the world um, and the next couple of singles are also ready to go. Um, I'm very excited for them um, and we're just wrapping up the last couple of tracks now at the minute. They're already, they're already recorded. They're almost ready to go and um, it'll be a five track EP. Um, they tell a bit of a story when you listen to it from start to finish Um, and that'll be the final parts that will be coming out in March I would say of next year so I'm really excited about that. Are you excited about playing a headline
2: show at the Workman's Cellar in November?
0: Yes, so excited it's been almost a year since we, it it will be a year actually to the week when we do this headline show in Workman's Cellar from our last one just because of COVID and all those things Um, uh, so we're so excited, we played Wheelands last year and it was sold out. It was so much fun Um, and we're hoping to have a similar energy this year for this headline show. I'm really excited about that and of course to get to play new music as well. So what's the plan for the next, I suppose, six months? Oh, um, more music, more gigs, um, more announcements coming soon. Um, There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that I am really excited to be sharing very soon. For now, we will start with Sparks and there will be more news in the pipeline. (laughs) Well, for anyone wanting to find out that news, give us your socials so they can follow you and find out what's going on. Sure. So um, my Instagram is this is Sage. Um, I spell my name S A I G E. I get a lot of people spelling it the seasoning way. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it's the same on Twitter. This is Sage. Um, it's just Sage on Spotify, and it's it's Sage on Facebook because someone had already stolen that username. Okay. <laughs> look, Sage, we're very excited
2: and can't wait to see what you bring us next. But in the meantime, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
2: Before I let you go,
0: will you introduce a new track for us? Of course. Hi, this is Sage, and you're listening to my new single, Sparks on the Bellissimo Files on Spin. I see the dream. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. Released on Wednesday on Netflix
2: is a dark thriller which stars Hugh Bonneville in a way that you've never seen him before. It's called I Came By. His co-stars are George McKay and Purcell Ascot. They star as Toby and Jay. This film... As I said last week when we had Hugh on the on the show, and if you've missed it, you can catch the interview. It's up on our website now, spin1038.com. I don't want to tell you too much about this film. You should go in knowing as little as possible because the twists and turns are plenty and that's what makes this film so good. All I will tell you is that it follows Toby, who's played by George McKay. He's a young graffiti artist who's just discovered a shocking secret that's going to put him and the ones closest to him in danger. I caught up with George and Purcell to find out more about it george and purcell congratulations on i came by not what i expected
3: <laughs> <laughs> great great yes.
2: george i heard babak say that he was actually really nervous sending you the script what what were your feelings when you got the script
4: oh really <laughs> like just absolutely thrilled it's one of the best scripts i've read like i i just think it's amazing what, what him and Namsi have have written um it was just such a pleasure to read. So I, I was thrilled, you know, no, no nerves needed.
2: Purcell, I went into this going, I knew nothing about it. I just said, I'm, I'm liking the look of it. I'll give it a go. Oh, my God, I was totally blown away by it. <laughs> when you first read the script, what were your thoughts?
4: Now, same same thing as you did. Like, I just couldn't... I couldn't believe it, if I'm honest, because I think when when the audition came in, I didn't really think too much of it. And um, the process was a lot shorter than most auditions I've had before, before receiving a role. So um, again, yeah, doing the chemistry tape and stuff. I just I was excited because I, I knew the scenes that we had were really like, you know, really exciting to perform and uh, really challenging. So I was, I was looking forward to that.
2: You were saying for yourself, from audition to getting the part was a short period of time. So, how did you react when you got that phone call? Did you believe that it all happened?
4: <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it, honestly. I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I think um, I think the, the most auditions I've done before was like fourteen. I think before wow. for the role. <laughs> yes. So I was kind of wait. I was like, all right, cool. This is like the second time I, I, I you know, did this, the chemistry take with George. So I was like, yeah, I'm waiting for another ten more, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. but then hopefully <laughs> I might be able to get the role. But no, um. I, I was so I was super grateful. I think I remember Babak, he, he just said something, I think after the audition, I think he said to me, um, by the way, like, really cool hair. And I said, thank you. He said, keep it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, maybe that's like the little hint, you know, to say that it, it might be coming my way.
2: This is such an intense film, how yeah. did you lighten things up on set,
3: George, when you weren't <laughs> filming? <laughs> <I tried. laughs> well, we just get like, it's lucky,
4: we just get on. Yeah. So it's kind of like, there's laughs to be had, you know, you find them. There was no, there was no sort of particular activity. Although, as you said, playing music. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Music I brought I like. brought my speaker on to set sometimes, yeah, just to kind of play some tunes, you know. What were we to,
2: listening to? Like,
4: I think a load of things. I think for us I, I was picking things that I think Jay would have listened to, right? So, the Mary yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 the sound of music,
3: yeah, yeah.
4: But no, I think even between me and George, like we sort of like yeah, have a little little play fight before the scene happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of psych us up and stuff. And I think yeah, like we're both we're both very similar in how committed we are when it comes to doing those scenes and stuff. So we're both in the same. Actually, I remember when we did uh, a scene at night. I think it was like two or three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And we were having to like, we were like doing prep. Yeah. It was that like, yeah. press ups before the we, scene? Was we it like a it's, workout? It's before. like the, the beginning bit when we have to <laughs> we get changed real, real we was quick, building up the adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, was, yeah. Like, we would have come down, like, you know, climbed down this big set of flats, gone for a run, done all this stuff. So we were like, kind of, beforehand, <laughs> setting, I ourselves. Up. It's the most squats I've ever done in my life. I know. I know. My, my thighs are still <laughs> yeah. burning.
2: I love this film for so many different reasons. One, I'm entertained. It's a thriller. But there's so many powerful messages coming through this. One of them, is that you don't really know everyone. What you see on the surface isn't necessarily what it is behind the scenes. Yes. I'm going to ask both of you, when it comes to the movie industry, is there something that surprised you? Going in, you thought it was one thing, and when you're working in it, are there things that surprise you?
4: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I was kind of waiting to get my blue M&M, M&Ms and, uh, you know, have my sort of like...
5: <laughs> that <laughs> no, doesn't I, happen!
4: <laughs> <laughs> Not for me anyway, but no, I think... Um, yeah i think it just uh you know when when you are creating these projects and you're part of these things i think um at a young age i realized just the level of kind of work you know it takes to kind of like you know know, when you're putting in the kind of work and stuff and i think even just working with like Hugh and kelly just seeing you know how they approach their work and and how they approach their characters and stuff it's just i'm still learning basically but um, definitely i feel like yeah just surprises just just simply just from yeah what i expected in school to what it was (laughs) the actual day yeah yeah i i think the biggest bit that i've been learning in recent years is is how much work it takes to to get a film out there as well and that it's not a given that you make a film goes to cinemas that's it yeah but like the promotion of a film and and the time and investment in sharing it with the world like even doing this the now like yeah. I sort of didn't yeah, know that this happens. you yeah, know. You kind of take for yeah. granted what you see in front of you and realize that there's a whole kind of uh sort of group of like focused thought goes into how you share the piece of material. Yeah. There's like, there's like um, 50 people in the room right now, yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. There's like a whole everyone's in everyone's in like a special uniform and everything as well.
2: Well, look, lads, it was great to chat to you. Can't wait to chat to you for your next project.
4: Yeah. Thank you love so much. Yeah, you. love it to see you. Yeah.
2: Loved chatting to them. If you're not going to Electric Picnic this weekend and you're just cuddling up on the couch and you want a thriller, check out I Came By on Netflix now.
5: Let's go! The Melissa Files. What to watch.
0: What to watch.
2: Joining me on the line now is Deja Malumbi. No better day to sort of sit at home or in a cinema, um, Dee, than today, yeah?
5: It's a bit of a yucky one, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely a good day. Like you said, go to the cinema, stay in, watch a bit of Netflix. Uh, This is one for it.
2: Yeah. Well, let's start with um, the film that everybody's talking about and not necessarily for the right
5: reasons. Let's start (laughs) with Michael Flatley's Blackbird. We have been waiting so long for this movie. Have we? Have we really? (laughs) There's so much mythology around this movie at this point. It's almost as infamous as the movie itself. Uh, To give a brief synopsis, uh, Michael Flatley writes, directs, stars and produces in this movie. Uh, So he is a troubled secret agent named Blackbird who decides (laughs) to retire from the service and open a luxurious nightclub, not unlike a certain movie called Casablanca, uh, but in, <laughs> so he opens this nightclub in the Caribbean. We're not going to get through this with a straight face, are we? No. Uh, then an old an old flame arrives, and she brings a bit of danger with her. <laughs> of course, she does. Um, let's take a clip,
2: and we'll come back and chat more about this.
1: Who I am is none of your concern, and what I do is out of your control. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned and I'm about to sin again.
2: (laughs) Dee, a clip there from Blackbird. I know I wasn't supposed to laugh at that and the film isn't supposed to be a comedy, but um, that's what a lot of people are doing, aren't they?
5: Yeah, I mean, it is... Look, I'm not going to lie, it is kind of the Irish movie answer to The Room. If anybody knows about this, this is like a famous kind of cult movie for how terrible it is. It's meant to be a drama, but yes, it ends up being a comedy. This (laughs) film, it's just... It's so cliched and, like, full of all of this absolute, like, nonsense in it. And the acting is pretty, pretty poor at times. Um, I mean, one thing you have to give it credit for is there's clearly, like, so much earnestness in there. It is made by someone who loves movies so much that he just stole all the best elements that he loves from it and just threw them all together. So you've got this kind of amalgamation of, like... Bond and Casablanca, and there's this whole sequence around poker, which is just stolen straight from Casino Royale, except it's the most uninspired poker hands ever. I don't even know that much about poker, but I was watching this, like, just cringing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just not a very good movie, but it is kind of it is kind of enjoyably bad which I was kind of hoping for it um, at the very least like there are all these sequences I could get into there's one for example where a young woman just arrives in the room and tries to you know seduce Blackbird but of course you know Blackbird is too you know high and righteous for all of this and he tells her to go away he's too pure and all of this oh, nonsense gosh. Um, it's just it's just very it's, it's just it's, it's pretty bad and then there's a scene with two henchmen who deliver some very questionable a- a- acting but who cares because they're done away with in a matter of seconds. Um, Michael Flatley's character also punches a guy to death at some point. But it's just. Do you know what? With one punch. Oh, of course he
2: does. Do you know what? I feel really bad because I've seen Michael Flatley talking about this. And for him, this is such a passion project and it's a yeah. dream come true and he's all about living his dreams and stuff. And I'm really thrilled for him. So when we're. We're saying this isn't great. It's not. We're not saying Michael Flatley as a person isn't a great yeah. person. We're just saying that, unfortunately, this didn't work. Good on him for trying to make something that he's always wanted to make. But yeah. um, I couldn't. I, I got the invite during the week to go to a screening, and I, j- I just couldn't do it, Dee. I couldn't do yeah. it. But but then I heard last night, cinemas like the Lighthouse, um, the one in Rathmines as well, they were sold out. Screenings were yeah. sold out. People are
5: going to see this. I really think people are going to enjoy it, like I said, as this kind of cult, like, bad movie. And like, like you said, like, Michael Flatley, like, there's obviously a lot of love for cinema there. It's just kind of, it's, it's just a very derivative <laughs> film of all that. So I think that if you go into it kind of knowing what to expect, you'll kind of get a kick out of it. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't go to see it as, like, you know uh, uh, the next like great title in cinema it's hardly going to do anything (laughs) like that Uh, but but it is a bit fun not gonna lie I was kind of like laughing along with it I was I was vaguely intrigued as to where the twists and turns turns were going to be even though they ended up being very very predictable uh but it it is a bit of fun to watch I'm not gonna lie okay we're not gonna give it a star uh
2: rating because take what you want from Dee's review there let's move on to if you want to stay at home um there's a Netflix thriller starring Hugh Bonneville like you've never seen him before I came
5: by yeah, and George McKay as well, who people might remember uh, from uh, 1917, and yeah. he was recently in the Irish film Wolf. Uh, but this follows a rebellious young graffiti artist who targets the homes of um, several wealthy individuals in the UK. Uh, but he ends up discovering the shocking secret um, that leads him down this path that endangers not only himself, but those closest to him. Let's take a clip.
4: I was reading about that judge. People call him a saint.
5: He'd take on inquests on behalf of refugees.
0: It's a publicity stunt.
3: The elusive I Came By taggers are back to haunt the city's rich. Fight the system, remember?
2: A clip there from I Came By, every time I talk about this, I say that this is Hugh Bonneville like you've never seen him before, D.
5: Oh my gosh, absolutely. Like people recognize him particularly. Well, my kind of go-to reference would be Downton Abbey. And he plays a very, very dark character in this film. I mean, I came by as a weird one because I'm kind of finding it a bit difficult to recommend because it's just so disturbing and creepy. Um, I don't know how you found it, Serena, but it's almost, even though it's a thriller, it's almost like a horror. Yeah. Um, I will say that it's certainly gripping and that you don't know what's going to um, happen next around the corner and um, there's some even like kind of you know like psycho or american psycho vibes off of it um, because it does just take these very like violent turns at point. and um, so i, I could I, I finished it and i didn't quite know what to make of it i was almost thinking i feel like there's some kind of brexit or possibly class commentary in here oh there definitely still- is Definitely I'm so is. distracted by all the creepy stuff that's going oh, yeah. on that I uh, that I couldn't actually like write like put pen to paper and write down exactly what that <laughs> commentary is. It's just it's it's very very creepy. Uh, but I think that Hugh Bonneville in it is um, pretty pretty extraordinary, and I'll, I'll be really interested to see what kind of um, roles he takes on next. Because at the end of the day, this is kind of it, it could have been one of those like silly Netflix thrillers. Yeah. But I think because of the. Uh, casting in it, and I think Kelly MacDonald, actually, she's brilliant in it as well. Because of that brilliant casting, you're kind of carried through. Uh, There are some kind of questionable and kind of stuff that's like stretching realism a bit yeah. but I think for his performance alone it's like worth recommending. It'll be really interesting to see what kind of uh, roles he takes on next because I mean I was like this is like an awards worthy performance but like I said it's a hard one to recommend because I I will say that it's disturbing but if that doesn't put you off my description of it like that absolutely go for it because it's certainly certainly one of the least predictable movies I've seen in a long time.
2: Exactly and that's very hard to say in these days. So if you're looking mm-hmm. to not move from your couch and you want a thriller, this might be the one for you. Didriam as always, thanks a million. See you next week. Thanks for having me.
1: The Bellissimo Files.
2: When it comes to 2022, I'm sure Sam Ryder has a lot of favourite moments from representing the UK at Eurovision, then he went and placed second, and now he's releasing new music like his latest track, Somebody, to everything in between. Sam joins me now to talk favourite moments and of course, share some of his
3: favourite things.
2: Sam, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for a fabulous introduction.
2: So Sam, when it comes to 2022... How do you look back on
3: it? Well, two is my lucky number now. (laughs) Yeah, it's just been a phenomenal year. I I feel incredibly grateful because... All of the stuff and blessings that I've experienced have been absolutely nothing to do with me and everything to do with the people around me and um, the support of total strangers, to be honest. And uh, yeah, I just consider myself incredibly fortunate.
2: Yeah, because we have to talk Eurovision. The UK Mm -hmm. haven't been doing well over the last few years. (laughs) And then they send you, and how Mm -hmm. amazing was it For the UK, but also for you, to get that close.
3: I mean, for me, like, I was a fan of Eurovision anyway before all this, like a big fan as well, pretty nerdy fan. (laughs) So the opportunity to play, that was already a big win. I love Eurovision. I had the chance to play. My fear was coming last, but I don't want my fear to determine whether or not I do something that I love.
5: Yeah. So...
3: The focus was definitely not on where we would end up coming or if we could possibly, like, win it or come second or third or fourth or whatever or last. It didn't matter. I was... Part of something that I loved, doing it with people that I loved.
2: But it did come second. And also, as a result of that... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know! Look, no-one understands the revision judging. Like, do you understand, when it comes to the fan judging, what happens?
3: Yeah, I, I must admit, I don't necessarily totally understand the, um, the fan voting, but I was absolutely chuffed. I was blown away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's still an amazing experience. And as a result... You're still able to release music. You've picked up a new fan base. Tell me, I'm loving your new track, Somebody. I
3: Thank loss. you so much. Yeah, you're totally right there. You you can't ever take for granted. Like, getting to be in a position and being fortunate enough to be able to release a second song, really, is mind-blowing. It should never be taken for granted. You always need to be trying hard to write something that uh, you feel will mean something to someone out there, a total stranger, yeah. and... Uh, not assume that it will it will do well or that people want to hear from you just because they wanted to in the past so yeah very very fortunate again very grateful
2: well people do want to hear from you because you're coming to play at the 3 Olympia on the 18th of March here in Dublin how are yes. you feeling about that?
3: just chuffed it'll be our first show in Dublin and Ireland in general so I'm really excited well we can't wait but
2: before then can we get to know you a little bit more through your favourite things? mm-hmm Okay. Let's get. Sorry, straight- I was
3: just drinking some more today, but yes, definitely. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, let's get straight into this, Sam. Uh, what TV show are you obsessing over right now?
3: Um, have you seen The Sandman on Netflix? Oh, yes, and I actually interviewed
2: some of the cast. They were brilliant.
3: What well, did you interview? Asim, he played uh, the character of Chabuddy G in No, I didn't. A yeah, show over here called People Just Do Nothing, but he's phenomenal, and I just I'm in love with the show because it really sort of exercises that. Um, sort of imagination muscle and I'm so into that sort of stuff like the mythology yeah I, I just it ticks every box for me. Do you have a favourite film? Yes um, well I have I have a lot but one that comes to mind immediately because of the time of year we're just about to head into is The Lost Boys.
2: <gasps> yes why do you love that one?
3: The fashion in it I absolutely love uh, the motorbikes um, Tina Turner's saxophone player all oiled up on the beach with, like, flaming drums all around him. That movie is just so good. They were playing it in the cinema um, the year before lockdown started. It was, like, the last film that I went to see in the cinema before lockdown, actually. So good seeing it on the big screen because I've I've watched it so many times, like, on TV. And the, the soundtrack is... The business.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Uh, Favourite book?
3: Um, I love the the Philip Pullman trilogy with uh, particularly the subtle knife. Like, and you've got the amber spyglass and the golden compass. And, uh, but yeah, the subtle knife for me is it's just a wicked... Again, it really goes into this um, thing that I'm so in, like that the Sandman does so well like these alternate realities and realms and planes and all this nerdy stuff that I just yeah I live for
2: <laughs> What song should everyone have on their pumped up playlist? Actually I'm going to change this I've done this before to other artists What song do you listen to before you're about to take to the stage?
3: <laughs> I would say the song that I am just about to release with David Guetta and Sigala, because that means that I can plug it <laughs>
2: oh, Sorry Hannah
3: about that for a second get out i just wanted to say it because it's so s- ridiculous that it's happened like i've been listening to david getter's chair he's an icon you know like he's yes a- so to be on a song with him and sagala who's such a talent and um also i don't know if you've ever spoke to him but yeah client. he's
2: a sweetheart isn't
3: he yeah yeah and just yeah. to be involved to draw breath in the same studio what an honor <laughs>
2: oh, Sam, i'm I'm thrilled for you. I really am.
3: What about do you have a favorite album? Oh, that's that really is a hard one. I would yeah. say maybe like the most special album and sorry if you've heard this story before, but I found an Iron Maiden CD on a school bus when we were, I went to a Catholic school and we were going to visit a nunnery. <laughs> it was all scratched up and the only song that would play on it in my Walkman was The Evil That Men Do. <laughs> and I was listening to it it changed my life I was like oh my god what is this band what is this music it's so melodic and fast so Iron Maiden Seventh Son of the Seventh Son is my favourite or most important record I think in my life
2: and what app can't you live without
3: I've got an app called the vocal coach and uh, my friend annie made it and it's my sort of go-to vocal warm-up tool on my phone she's incredible so when she's not there with me in person she's with me vicariously through her app
2: love that and finally your favorite account to follow on social media
3: um brian may from queen yeah i just love him he's like <laughs> Yeah, absolute hero. I just love his little updates when he does little videos. He is a a good egg, a good human being. Dr. Brian May shredding his guitar in the best rock band that ever walked the earth. What is not to love? True.
2: Well, Sam Ryder... I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Thank you so much for sharing your favourite things. And look forward to seeing you here at Dublin on the 18th of March at the Three Olympia.
3: Yes, uh, I'm so, so make sure you come and say hello. This is the Bellissimo Files,
0: exclusive to Spin.
2: You're listening to the Bellissimo Files with me, Serena. Ultimate Hell Week is returning to RTE1 on Wednesday. Coming back to put the 20 celebrities through their paces is ex Irish Army Ranger and Chief Instructor, Ray. Ray Goggins. Ray, welcome to the show.
1: Serena, great to be here. Thanks for having me on.
2: Are you as excited as everyone else is about this show?
1: Yeah, I guess so. It's You know, I, I, I obviously personally get a lot out of it too. It's very interesting. I like putting those people through their paces, um, not necessarily just to watch them fail, but hopefully <laughs> some of them to actually get through some stuff that they've never done before.
2: You've said that um, the show isn't about breaking people down. What is it about?
1: It's setting the conditions for people where they need to excel so it's the whole idea of the whole premise of the show is them outside their comfort zone all the time so basically what we do even when we're not with them they're they're constantly under pressure because you know they're worried about what's coming next they're thinking about everything you know their overthinking process is is off the scale for the whole duration so we just set that condition so that's what we look at then to see how they can deal with that it's not just the events are getting wet and cold the battle of the whole week is it with them in their heads. That's the battle. Like, it's not the, the running around and getting showed at it. it's, it's what goes on inside.
2: You'd assume that it's going to be the athletes who are going to excel, but that's not always the case. And it's probably because of what you said there as well. It's the mental toughness as well as the physical endurance.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, we're, we're not driven by our physical abilities. We're driven by our mental and emotional abilities. That's what create or success or, or failures. It's what you have inside. It, it doesn't matter how many muscles you have or how many push-ups you can do. It doesn't matter. And I think
2: that's probably why we all really enjoy this show as well because we're watching people do things that we think, can we, can't we do it? But we're watching them go through this this mental barrier as well. And it's great tips for us as well. We're watching it going, would we ever be able to push through that? What are some of the tips that you have for us out there, us mere mortals, Ray, who, when, you know, when it comes to getting through the really tough bits and our mind is letting us down?
1: What you got to do is you just got to simplify everything. So you don't, the first thing I'd say to people with any challenge, you know, whether it's everyday life or you're doing something like this, like you don't look at the whole pitch from one goal because You know, you get that kind of anxious feeling then of having to, oh God, I have to fix everything right now. That's not how it works. So you control what you can control. You concentrate on the simple things that you can do immediately, and that's what you do. For example, for the students, you know, it's just taking that next step, like making it to that next marker or making it to that next part of the hill or whatever it is. if, If you look at the whole journey in the big picture... Like, sometimes you just get overwhelmed.
2: I think that's great advice. Um, Talking about the students there, what tasks are you putting them through this season?
1: They're getting kind of, you know, like exa- it's not rocket science, let's be honest. It's, it's it's pretty simple and straightforward, which is probably the best way to be doing anything in your life. So we have a lot of the same challenges, as in variants of, you know, like height, uh, physical training, like physical tests, emotional stability, scaring them a lot, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with fear, um, yeah, it's just all a lot of the, the same stuff that everybody loves seeing people going through.
2: Is there any time, Ray, that you sit there and go, "Oh, may have gone too far with that one"?
1: Um, I'm on live radio, so I probably won't give an answer <laughs> to that one. Uh, l- l- let me just say, Serena, we have a fantastic medical backup team and doctors, and it's yeah. Look, no, I, I look. We we go into s- serious detail. Any of the challenges, any of the events that the students take part and in. us instructors have done that a couple of weeks previously, a couple of times in all different variants to make sure that we can, you know, identify any problems where we might have to watch people or if there's more danger here and there so, yeah, look, we, we do want to put them under severe pressure but we don't want to kill them.
2: I'm going to put this to you in a different way Is there ever any time where you just think after they've done the task, you just want to go in there and just give them a
1: big hug? No. No! Sorry. Right. Sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> maybe let them sit down for a minute or get a cup of tea or something, but yeah.
2: Okay, so that's your version of a hug. I'll give you yeah, 10 that, seconds I, I to rest. Exactly.
1: It's our yeah. version. But yeah, maybe let them get a cup of tea or, you know, let them get a break, get them a bit, give them a bit of food for 10 minutes, let them get a shower. That's the reward, like simple things.
2: We know how the students, contestants feel once they're done with this. How do you feel when it's all done or when you see one of them not necessarily completing the course or completing the
1: course? For us it's a process as well. And look, we've done this so many times in real special forces. It's very methodical. It's, you know, the attention to detail, what you plan, what you prepare to do. But what you can't be prepared for is how the students will react yeah. in an environment, like whether they will excel or they won't. So that's the beauty of the whole show to me. We don't even know what's going to happen. And I love that, like kind of not known factor. So I love when You know, people that you might necessarily think, okay, this person is really struggling here and they're close to failure, close to failure. And they just get this boost from somewhere and they make it in the end or they just about get through some test or some events, you know, and they really dig deep. The the emotional kind of outpouring of that for people afterwards and how they feel, that euphoric kind of um, feeling is is great to see, you know, even as an instructor. Like, yeah, I'm not dishing out hugs, but I can appreciate that when someone goes beyond their normal limit and, you know, you can see the courage and the belief and just the power of people to get it done. Like, And that's probably my favorite part of it. Uh, when people don't make it and they don't, you know, get to that level or they're burnt out or whatever, like, f- of course you feel for them. Like, we've all been there, like myself and all the other instructors. Like, we have done this as students. We've done it as instructors. We've done all these hard courses. And don't forget, like, what you see for a week and the real forces goes on for a year. Like, that's just training. The real work comes when you actually go on live operations and you deploy overseas. And, you know, the hardship and the kind of the, the test and the constant pressure that brings is very difficult to kind of relate to the listeners on, on radio. But that's kind of where we're going. Like, yeah. so that's what we do. That's why we test people so intensely. So when they go on a live operation, they're able to deal with the madness.
2: Ray, I'd love to talk to you another time about the live operations and about your life because you are such an interesting man. But in the meantime, thank you for Ultimate How Week. We'll all be sitting back on our couches enjoying.
1: Yeah, great. As, as will I. I'll be a coach commando for a couple of <laughs> weeks watching it and having a laugh like everybody else.
2: Ray, thanks a million for that.
1: Yeah, pleasure. Lovely to speak to you this evening.
2: You can catch Ray on Ultimate How Week, Wednesday, RTE1 at 9.35. Up next, it's all about the massive upset at the US Open.
1: Break, 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 break it down. The Valissimo files. What did I miss?
5: Five, four, three,
2: two, one. Joining me in studio now with things we may have missed is producer Aoife. Aoife um, usually I
6: let you go first, but I'm going to hijack this. Is this all right? I know you're very excited about this news today.
2: I'm excited and I'm a little bit sad. Yeah. Because the US Open is on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Serena Williams, she's playing her final ever tournament. Oh. She's been playing at the top level for twenty five years. Wow. Yeah. She do you wanna give me do you want me to give you some stats on her? Yes, go on. She turns forty one mm-hmm. in at the end of September. She has been at, at the top spot, number one, for 319 weeks consecutively. Wow. At one stage, she's won 23 Grand Slam titles. She's won 14 major women's doubles with her sister Venus. Oh, and we all thought, we all wanted the fairy tale ending. She was playing today um, on Centre Court. Centre Court was packed. All the celebs you could imagine. <laughs> like I'd say, those tickets were like gold dust. Yeah, she was playing second round with Isla. Tom, I hope I get this right. Tom Leonovich, Leonovich. Yeah. She's Australian. And even she was feeling bad because yeah. it wasn't the fairy tale ending that we were all hoping for for Serena Williams. Unfortunately, she lost. She lost 7 5, 6 7, 6 1 in the mm. final set. Wow. Like massive. Um, Isla. She was spoken to, obviously, after the match. And um, she was asked how she felt about beating Serena.
5: I'm feeling really sorry just because I love Serena just as much as you guys do. And what she's done for me for the sport of tennis is incredible. And I never thought that I'd have a chance to play her in in her last match when I remember watching her as a kid and all those finals. So this is a surreal moment for me.
6: You
2: can you can sort of understand that, can't you?
6: Yeah, like, there's, definitely.
2: There's a part of her going, oh my God, I beat
6: Serena Williams. But there's a part of her going, oh my God, I beat Serena Williams. I'd say um, poor Serena wasn't too uh, impressed with it. I remember watching her as a kid comment, <laughs> making her feel her age, I'm sure. <laughs> but do you know what? She took it all in her stride. Her speech,
2: I got very emotional watching it, but mm. there was one line in it that really and it might send me over the edge again so i'm just (laughs) i'm just warning you
5: i wouldn't be serena if it wasn't venus so thank you venus Serena Williams ever existed, so... a
6: oh, come on, brings a tear to your eye, doesn't it? They have seem to have such a lovely family bond. Um, and I know there was that movie out recently as well King about... King Richard? Yeah, I really want to watch it, because I really would like to know a bit more about their history. Unfortunately, it was more about the dad than yeah. it was about um, Serena Williams. But
2: if you do get a chance, and you don't want to watch that whole match back, do get onto YouTube and just watch that... that interview at the end of the match, both players. um, Because she went on to thank Serena, she thanked the fans, she thanked everyone who called out Go Serena. So I'm like, oh, my God, that's a special (laughs) message to me. But it wasn't just me. It was amazing to see her play. And she really did not only change women's tennis, but she changed tennis. An absolute
6: icon of sport in general, I would say. So sad moment today. But anyway, we move on because that's what we
1: do. (laughs) Um, What
6: are you telling me about? We know... All the people who are down at Electric Picnic are probably soaked right now, God loves them, because it is a miserable, miserable, miserable day out there. Mm-hmm. If you're not at Electric Picnic, maybe you're feeling a little bit thankful. And if you're not, I have some plans for you for today. So today is National Cinema Day in Ireland, which means a lot of the local cinemas, um, actually most of the cinemas are are on with the initiative. They're doing €4 euro tickets and that includes premium, 3D, everything is included in that price. So that's a €4, euro. you'll get into. see a movie. I think I know I shouldn't say this, and you know how much I love a festival, but maybe I'd rather be in the cinema today with that weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe to, like we spoke about Blackbird a little earlier on. Yes. Maybe this, this is the is way. The opportunity. Oh my
2: gosh, Blackbird is going to have a massive opening First weekend right
6: now. <laughs> if uh, Blackbird isn't your thing, though, there is some great things on. Still, there's the new Jordan Peele one, Nope, which yeah. I saw recently. It's amazing. There's Idris Elba's Beast. There's uh, I think Top Gun is still in a few of the cinemas as well. Say that if, on if the you haven't screen. seen that, make sure you go see it on big screen. There's loads of great stuff in the cinema at the minute so if you are looking for some plans make use of the four euro tickets. Oh I love that and you can see more than the one movie. And you can treat yourself to extra snacks with the extra money. Okay that's what we're doing. (laughs) Um, And finally there's been a lot of celebs in Ireland. And look maybe you don't want to go to the movies maybe you want to be in a movie and there (laughs) is a way for you to do that this week here in Ireland so as you said a lot of celebrities have been spotted down around Ireland I believe Katie Perry and Orlando Bloom were here and a few others have been spotted it seems to be a hot spot at the minute but also Lindsay Lohan is here filming a new movie for Netflix which I'm very excited to see because we haven't seen anything from her in a long time but, and I think this is really fitting, they are looking for a body double, essentially, for Lindsay Lohan. And I think there'll be a lot of Irish people who look like her. <laughs> True. They've got the hair down there. They've pat, got yeah. the hair. Now, actually, what they have said is, the filming, I believe, starts on Monday. They need someone available Monday to Friday. You need to live in Dublin. You need to be over 18, about 5'4 in height. Okay. You don't have to have red hair, but you have to be willing to dye it the right colour. I would. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm 5'6, so...
2: Oh, I'm 5'2". That's the only reason why I'm missing out.
6: So yes, Netflix are looking for someone to fill that role. Maybe they've filled it already, but maybe you can try your chances. Exactly. You might be you might be able to go, there's the back of my head in Lindsay Lohan's movie.
2: What a fab
6: <laughs> experience. And you get to, I was going to say, maybe you don't get to chat to Lindsay Lohan.
2: But anyway, that that in itself would be an amazing experience. Yes,
6: 100%. Eva, you're coming back a little later on in the show. Yes, lots of good new music this week. New one from Dermot Kennedy, Ava Max. They're going to go up against each other for our track of the week. I'm going to put a poll up on our Instagram at official spin and you can have your vote for what you would like to hear at the end of the show. Well, while you're doing that, this is Goosebumps on spin.
5: Three, two,
2: one. Let's go. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. I don't know about you, but I am always on the lookout for a new podcast. I have to admit, true crime isn't really my thing, and you're not going to be surprised to hear that what is my favorite genre is pop culture. So. I was so excited when I found out that Fanula Jones was returning to the podcast world to give us flop culture. I'm thrilled to be
7: joined by her now. Fanula Jones, welcome to the Bellissimo Files. Serena, what an intro. You're so kind. I really appreciate that. Well, do you know what? I wasn't going to give you that intro if after I listened to the podcast,
2: I didn't enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs)
7: It's extremely fair. I appreciate the honesty. Imagine (laughs) listening. It would have been a much shorter intro, guys, so just take our word for it. It's actually good. Vanilla, I am thrilled to see you
2: back. You did take a break from the podcasting world for for a minute there. What made you take the
7: break and what made you finally come back? You know, I had kind of stopped enjoying it and that wasn't to do with anyone that I was working with because obviously I was doing it with my friends and I loved working with them but it was kind of getting to be a bit too much work and I suppose even when we started bandwagons, I was like I don't want this to be you know for the sake of doing a podcast I want to be good I want to be I want the listener to get value and towards the end I just felt like I was really letting the side down in terms of my prep and everything so I was just like you know what I'd rather kind of leave on a high after the live shows and knowing that we'd created something really special. But I also just needed to like massively, massively hit the reset button. And to be honest, I genuinely didn't know if I'd come back because I was so burnt out from everything. But then I had this idea and I was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to give it the old college try. And if I hate it again, or I'm just not really enjoying it or connecting with it, And just stop, you know what I mean? That's the beauty in trying things. You could just not continue with them. There are enough podcasts. There's like (laughs) five million podcasts out there. It's fine. People will find something else. But it's been really fun so far. And was it always this idea? I knew it was always going to be pop culture for me just because like that's my bread and butter. Like I live on celebrity culture, pop culture, the arts, just everything. I knew it was going to be something in that, but I knew I needed kind of a stronger hook because it is That's a broad market. A lot of other people do it. So then I was kind of thinking, and I don't actually remember the day that I thought of it or whatever, but it just kind of seemed so natural to me. You know, we look at the world of celebrity and, you know, their success and it's all about their success. And to be honest, that is much less interesting to me because, you know, the odds are ever in their favor because of money, you know, the famous parents, nepotism, all that, blah, blah, blah. That's not as interesting to me. What interests me is, the failures, so like albums that don't do well, a pop star that never took off, a series that was kind of one and done. And I suppose what's interesting about these kind of celebrity failures and pop culture failures is they might fail initially, but in 2022, they can go on and have this you know, new life because of the internet, you know, stan culture, everything like that. So they don't even, they're not even really failures anymore because people love them, even though maybe they're objectively terrible. So, It's just, it's, I could talk about it all day. I just find it so interesting. And the stuff that people have come to me about, like I've learned so much and been able to watch and listen to new things that I never would have had I not started the podcast.
2: The first episode dropped on Thursday. That's
7: all about Khalees. What else will we be talking about? It's the 13 episodes you have recorded? Oh, I might go more. I keep chopping and changing because I keep talking to people and having really good conversations. And I'm like, I have to include this in season one. But um, it's very broad, I will say. I don't want to give too much away. There's a Lindsay Lohan movie that i had never watched before. Incredible. Blew my mind. Uh, there's a couple of albums, uh, predominantly from female artists, which is interesting. We get into that. Some more and done TV shows. We talk about a chocolate bar that derailed a celebrity wedding. What? yes it is it was like the original it was the original con. like when I tell it like my favorite thing about this has been going to guests and being like look whatever I'm the parameters are really broad just give me time if I need to watch or get up to speed on anything and then they'll come back and they're like right I have it and it's like this chocolate bar this album or this particular time period for a TV show like people go in on this and they do their homework and they just you know they get to get up on their soapbox as to why it's not really a flop It should be embraced by all. I love it. It's been so much fun.
2: I am excited that you are back. Fanola, I'm also very excited that you're telling me that there could be more than 13 weeks because we're going we're going into a long, cold winter. I need something to brighten up my Thursdays.
7: You're so kind. Thank you so much. I hope I can do that. I hope Flop Culture can do that.
2: Give us your social handles for anyone who doesn't follow you. And Flop Culture has its own socials as well.
7: Yes, it does. We're on Instagram and TikTok and it's Flop Culture underscore pod. So come follow us there. Serena, you're going to have to come on for an episode. I keep oh, meeting people and I'm like, you need to come on and just talk about something please oh my god i would
2: always be up for that but in the meantime i'm happy to just listen to everything you're putting out so thanks for coming back
7: thank you so much much appreciated Still to
2: come
6: on the Blissmo File, we'll be announcing the Blissmo File single of the week. Eva, who have you put up against each other? Dermot Kennedy. Dermot Kennedy and Ava Max. Not a tough decision at all. No, that's why, we, two songs that's well. why we're leaving it up to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what to do. Head over
2: to our Instagram at officialspin1038. let
0: Spotlight.
6: on the Bellissimo Files on the Bellissimo Files So for a couple of weeks ago it was all about Nicki Minaj This week, who are you bringing us? Well, I know a lot of people are going to be very excited because everyone in Ireland just gets very excited when there's new music from Derma Kennedy I'm sure if people saw him at Electric Picnic last night as well they are just buzzing off this new track It's really, really good This is uh, called Kiss Me
2: A clip from Dermot Kennedy's new one Kiss Me I have to admit I was on my um, Instagram last night on all the
6: stories and just he looked like he had a bull and so did everyone else at Electric Picnic last night He puts on an incredible show I've seen him a couple of times and to be honest I do love Dermot's music but it's his voice that always gets me He has an absolutely gorgeous voice and it sounds even better live like he just is like an incredible singer so I am quite jealous of everyone who got to see him last night You've put Ava Max up against I know, infinity. I feel like this is an unfair match but because <laughs> Ava Max just keeps bringing us banger after banger. This is uh, from her, it's called Million Dollar Baby.
2: I feel like I've stepped back into Studio 54 in New... I was never there, but like in New York, you know what you say?
6: <laughs> in the 70s and the 80s, the glam disco era. Yeah, no, I don't know if you picked it up in this. and um, I didn't myself on first listen, but it's actually a sample of Can't Fight the Moonlight. I'm going to have to re-listen to it yeah. but yes I hear it now. I, I, I didn't notice it the first time um, and then I listened back and I was like oh but what I really like is it's a more subtle sample a lot of stuff we've heard recently is very like obvious samples that I feel like they're just rehashing the old stuff but this is like a really cool new remix of something so yeah that's apparently off her upcoming second album which I can't wait to hear.
2: And I'm so thrilled that we're not the ones deciding this yeah. week it is <laughs> up to you at Official Spin 1038
6: take that poll we will reveal all after a couple more there's a new one from David Guetta. Yes, while you're having your last minute vote, I am very excited about this and the reason I'm so excited about this is because we heard Sam, how excited Sam Ryder yeah. was about this earlier on the show. He threw in his plug about working with David Guetta so this was released yesterday. It's from him, David Guetta and Sagala. It's called Living Without You. Aoife, I feel like that's like a, a finale scene in a massive film. And as I said I think it just brings me more joy because I know how much it means to Sam having yeah. heard from today. <laughs> if you miss that, you can listen to Sam up on our podcast after. After the show, um, Aoife, time for this. Very excited. Come on! What oh. are you bringing us? So I am a little bit biased this week because I am bringing you a duo from my own hometown. They are called Mix and Fairbanks and this is called Labyrinth.
2: Aoife, I'm thrilled that yet again your dance track is more local artists. There
6: is so much good things coming out of Irish dance music at the minute and a lot of it is down at Electric Picnic including Mix and Fairbanks. You'll catch them on Casa Bacardi today. I believe they're on sometime in the afternoon. So yeah, make sure you go check them out. They're deadly life. Brilliant. Well Aoife, that is not though the Files thing all the way I what know is- this is in honour of all the people down there soaked at electric picnic who were dancing in the rain to this last night it is the new one from Dermot Kennedy voted for by you it is Kiss Me on the Blissomophiles Files. You voted that. Your Ballista My Files single of the week. Dermot Kennedy's new one, Kiss Me. I just feel like that's a really good summer festival wrap-up song. Yeah. I just think he's hit it right on the mark. And don't forget, if you want to catch that and more of the new music or any of the tracks I played, head over to dot or our app and you get the Fresh Hits playlist. And talking Dermot Kennedy, hopefully we have a new album coming yes. from him soon. Don't know when, but hopefully very, very soon yes.
2: there'll be an announcement made about that. Um that's it for us. If you missed anything on this week's show, you can get it back up on the website, spin1038.com, to watch the videos, or Eva and I are going to go and put the podcast together so you can have a listen back to the podcast. Up next, it's Jess um, with some great new music. Eva, what are you doing for the rest of today? Are we going to go to the cinema? Let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Whatever you're <laughs> doing, have a great day. Three, two, one. Let's
5: go. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On Spin.